The following podcast is completely fictional. All of the characters, even those based on real people, are fictional. They are just impressions by a weird dude talking to himself for your enjoyment. Hola, amigos. Yeah, what up, everybody? It is Above the Dave. Welcome to another episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the last Dead & Company tour, so we've been told, and talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of the Grateful Dead. And we're bringing out a very special guest today to share his wild insights into the Grateful Dead. We got Hall of Famer basketball player Bill Walton is in the building. Following that, Mahali is back. That's right, Mahali from Twiddle is back. He's going to play us a couple more songs that he wrote for Big Pharma for their commercials. He's commercial now, and we're excited to hear those. And then finally, back in the studio, it is the incomparable Ween. And not only are they here, but they are going to play us an unreleased Ween song. So dance until you're dizzy and fire up a glizzy. It's another episode of The Lot So 2023 was the year that Dead and Company called it quits and the farewell tour went down and I didn't go to any of them. They started in LA, they finished in San Francisco and I couldn't hack it for a lot of reasons. I had trips already planned, but also damn those motherfucking tickets were expensive and I chose fish. And I know others that chose Dead & Company over Fish, Hollywood Bowl. It, it was a choice that some people had to make. I was holding out, thinking that maybe at the like the last second, the Dead & Company shows would just be super cheap, which is the game I try to play from time to time. That did not work out too well. It was a little cheaper, but it was still not going to be cheap enough. Anyway, who cares? Dead & Company have their last tour. And right before they go on tour, Bill Kreitzman, he's out. Creative differences. Everybody scratching their heads. Everybody pointing fingers online. No one with any evidence to it being anything. But if it was anything, it was quickly moved on. So then they bring in drummer Jay Lane and energize the whole thing. And nothing against Bill because Bill's he's still in the pocket. He's still doing his thing. And the the chemistry him and Mickey have is legendary. And I would have preferred if Bill was there. I'm sure most people would say the same. But you have to, you know, you can't stop one guy from bickering with another guy or whatever the case may be. It's unfortunate, but the show must go on. And Jay Lane comes in and right out the gate, the the final tour for Dead & Company is um, just a huge success. And I'm talking like creatively, uh, jam-wise, the band 
did so fucking much so much energy they there were versions of songs people were talking about online being like was that the greatest Scarlet Begonias of all time? <laughs> and then it would just get a bunch of people upset. Like, how could it? No, what are you fucking talking about? But then a, like a couple of shows go by and like another person would be like, I think that was the sickest Uncle John's band that's ever been performed by the dead or otherwise. And it's like, I mean, so many factors, right? Jay Lane, probably number one, bringing the energy. But just as close there is John Mayer. John Mayer came into this scene. I mean, kind of gave him bad timing, a little bit with bad timing on it. And the reason I say that is because the announcement of Dead and Company with John Mayer was what, days, weeks after those anniversary shows that went down with Trey. And I saw a few of those and that was like, that was everybody's wet dream. There it was. It was just so electric and incredible. And then, you know, we, we find out that, okay, well, everybody but Phil... And no Phil, no Trey, but we got John Mayer and we got O'Teal. And it's this thing called Dead and Company. And the the backlash, the eye rolling of John Mayer coming in to do any sort of justice to this catalog, it was uh yeah, it was the it was kind of the thing that most people went into very skeptical. And look at you now. <laughs> Look at all of us now. Look at us watching this final tour of Dead and Company and being like, oh, wait, John Mayer, don't, please don't stop. Don't leave us. We're, don't, do not leave us. Please come back in some other form. Just you know, Teal, what do you guys got? Grab, grab a couple other guys, right? Everybody now is praying and hoping to God that John Mayer, who has just so eloquently taken on the entire music of the Grateful Dead and added new twists and spins to it, but with just so much fucking class and tastefulness, is now the it boy. He is now the guy that everybody would love to just ride this music out into the sunset till he's old and gray. And that's fantastic. That's wonderful opportunity. Will he take it? I don't think so. I think he's he's always going to be stuck in like, I'm going to also do the John Mayer thing. That's always going to be a thing, as it should be. And he's not indebted to anyone or any community, but it is got to be kind of cool for him to know that he came in and no one really knew what he was going to be able to pull off. And a lot of skepticism was there. And then just to just quiet all the haters and then just go out with this final tour, just dominating show after show after show he wears the headphones he wore the headphones all tour i wonder if that's just to hear himself over everybody else i know bob weir's tone is the worst thing that's ever happened to an electric guitar i've heard rumors that bob weir might be basically deaf at this point from just being a rock star for 75 years which is Totally makes sense. And if if he's got to have the guitar sound like that to like hear it better, but it's we all know it's it's miserable. Is that Johnny blocking that out, turning himself up in the mix or like O'Teal or something? You know, no one's explained to anybody why a guy needs that. But I'm going to go ahead and say that that's probably why when you're on stage next to a guy with the worst tone of all time, then and you have the cleanest, most incredible sounding tones and 
and all of these perfectly curated tones to the different songs that they're going to be playing, then yeah, you probably want to turn him down in the mix, I guess, right? That was that's that was kind of funny about this final tour. But I I, I found myself listening to Dead and Company shows, and I know a bunch of other people who also did. And and we were like, yeah, I don't I didn't really keep up with them that much. But then this year I was like, man, I, I'm going to go back and listen to many more shows from this tour. Uh, I've done a bunch of them. And every time I was absolutely floored. O'Teal is brilliant. Everybody, man. It was uh, a full team effort there. Everybody killed it. Bob killed it. And I gave him shit for the guitar. But man, there's that, that guy's got a, a certain style and grace. His voice is awesome. And it's okay. He he can do him. He's a fucking legend on the stage. The last tour of Dead and Company uh, was the best tour of Dead and Company, which is the coolest way to go out. And they went out with the San Francisco show, which I watched the final San Francisco show, and it was fucking incredible. Amazing eyes of the world. There was like drone a drone type thing at the end in the sky. So we'll see. People are saying, oh yeah, that's not going to be the final Dead and Company show. It was just the final tour. They'll play from time to time. That's wishful thinking, and I hope that they are right. Or there could be another thing that's going to happen. But I do wonder, more than anything, is that now that John Mayer has made himself so indispensable in terms of, like, like you could put him with, like, so many different bands, right? Or he could create so many different versions of Grateful Dead, you know, music and fill us with music for another 40 years, right and that sounds all of a sudden really fucking awesome like there might be in 25 years from now a john mayer epic like grateful dead band composed of him and some other guys who are going to be old men and then and that's going to be some 20 year old's first under like first dead show and there's not gonna be any dead members on stage but it's going to be the music living on through this, what, 70-year-old John Mayer in this version? I don't know. But, like, old. Like, even, like, 20 years, 15 years. The music would live on. And that's kind of the most exciting thing is to know that, like, a guy who's mastered this catalog. I say mastered the catalog, but I also do want to say this. Dead & Company, I only thing was their set list were pretty damn predictable. Most of, of the run that they did of, what, like, seven or eight years. But... I, I my criticism is they didn't do enough of the catalog and it's like you could put John Mayer out there to do all the songs that they didn't even touch like I want to see him do so many of those other songs that kind of got swept under the rug for whatever reason like he's got all the classics mastered of course but man dude I mean there's like a hundred other songs you could be adding to this guy's repertoire and that's exciting maybe he he could he could view that as an exciting prospect as an, a, a reason to artistically want to pursue more of the catalog of the Grateful Dead. Let's hope so. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see that, that they would somehow the music would live on now through this guy. Man, isn't that the craziest thing though? We, I, no one, I don't think any of us really knew it was that, that John Mayer was going was gonna to come in and make himself so indispensable. And not to say that there, there's not enough dead cover bands, but yeah, I think that they, the Dead and Company really left their mark. You know, it, it's a cultural thing. When you have these big time players all together on stage, you're bringing out people that are filling up baseball stadiums and arenas, right? And so that's also a thing that whenever it's gone, you're kind of like, ah, that's the end of something big culturally for us. So but I tip my hat to all the members of the, of the Dead and Company. Now Bob Weir's back to doing his Wolf Brothers stuff. 
man is working up there. He is he's he's working these last few years. I mean, I guess he always has been, but he's like really out there doing shows. And I don't I definitely have no complaints about the set lists that are being made for Wolf Brothers. Damn. Like Dead and Company, I'd see a set list and be like, "Oh, that's a heater. No major surprises, but that's that's a that's a lot of heaters right there." And if they were jammed well, that's going to be one hell of a show. But when I see a Wolf Brothers set list, when he's on tour with Wolf Brothers, it'll be like, holy shit. They haven't played that song in like 40 years. Or, you know, it's like songs that he plays once every like 10, 20 years. You'll see Victim More the Crime. Come on, baby. I love me Victim More the Crime. I know. Maybe I'm a, I'm a weirdo like that. But this is a real conscious effort by Bob Weir to make the set list for Wolf, Wolf Brothers so fucking tempting, so juicy that it's like, all right, fine. I'll, be, I'll, go, I'll go to the Wolf Brothers show. Jesus. All right. <laughs> but, you know, I got a special guest that I want to bring out here now to talk about the Grateful Dead, past and present. He is an NBA Hall of Famer and one of the most famous deadheads in their history. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Bill Walton. Big man! Throw it down, big man! Hey, Bill! Damn, you are huge, dude! I am tall and I am mighty, but I am filled with love of the Grateful Dead! Dude, and that's so exciting, man. I mean, you're definitely, like, the biggest dude ever to rock a tie-dye, for sure. I've got tie-dye socks and tie-dye underwear. Oh my god, yeah, you do. I refuse to leave the house in anything but tie-dye. Is that true? I didn't know that about you. It does make sense, though. It's absolutely true. Bill, uh, I'm a big basketball fan. I'm a big Grateful Dead fan, so I'm a big Bill Walton fan. What does their music do for you? That's a great question above the Dave. And that's the thing about the music of the Grateful Dead. When I was just a boy, just a wee little lad of only seven feet tall, I would run in the fields, look at the stars, and see the mountains deep in the mist. I was a simple boy who was looking for something extraordinary in my life. And I found it one day while listening to a car stereo, and I heard the beautiful music that was the Grateful Dead. And so soon I started going to their concerts and being enraptured by their sound and their fans and the people swarming to their music. And I could hear through the speakers the wonderful chaos that bred from the merry pranksters and wavy gravy and the sounds of the 60s. And soon I was enveloped into a soundscape and a cultural movement unlike anything I've ever seen. Wow, yeah, tell me about it. I was a young man looking to the stage, and there I would see two of the best drummers working side by side, Bill Kreitzman and Mickey Hart, making pulsing rhythmic sounds deep into my spine. And I felt the percussions, and they spelled out to me the very meaning of existence. And then Phil rounded out the rhythm section with a thumping, pounding 
deep. Take a deep, big man, down into my loins, and I can feel that the rhythms of the Grateful Dead weren't unlike anything my ears had ever heard before. And the sweet, melodic, bluesy keyboards of Pigpen, and the sultry rhythm grooves of Bobby the Wolfman Weir. And of course, riding above them all, on a shining horse, was our king, Jerry Garcia, a man noble in cause, modest to a fault, and the greatest guitar player, living or dead, that I have ever seen. And so, and what became of this was a wall of sound that reached into the hearts of millions of Americans and people all around the world coming together for the cause of letting yourself free. And we would fill carnivals and sit on long stretches of roads, waiting for the gates to open to another Grateful Dead show. And, uh, and so... And so, sure, there were wild years of me and the Grateful Dead. Of course, the 80s would probably be the craziest of them all for me, as I took copious amounts of hallucinogenics. Oh, shit, you did? I tripped my balls off at Grateful Dead shows in the 70s and 80s. Absolutely mesmerized by the sounds, I felt my spirit rising above my body, transporting me into another galaxy, another time and dimension that only the music of the Grateful Dead could do. I found myself not standing in a crowd, but sitting comfortably warm in the small pocket of Bobby Wolfman Weir's tight jean shorts. And I laid in them like a hammock as he played me tunes in the hot summer sun. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a, that's an interesting memory. Memories are all we have above the Dave. And that's why it's so important to put a soundtrack to the life that you live. And for me, my soundtrack is the music of the Grateful Dead. Of the Grateful Dead, yes, yeah. What do you, do you think that the scene now is pretty cool? I mean, you check out Dead and Company shows. Yes, big man, of course. The show's incredible. The farewell tour. I bought all the t-shirts and I had all the commemorative gear, the shirts and the pants and the hats. And I went out there and I danced like I haven't danced in years above the Dave. Ah, oh, that's great to hear, Bill. And then I went outside after the show and I ate myself six veggie burritos because I'm a vegetarian and I don't eat meat. Six veggie burritos? Well, you are a big dude, so I can see you doing that. I was wandering all over Shakedown and all they had were nitrous balloons, but all I wanted was a veggie burrito. Yeah, they're, they're just not around as much, but I'm glad that they're still out there. But yeah, there's been definitely a decline in the amount of veggie burrito stands. You walk out of a show, there used to be peop multiple people with coolers of those little 3 or $5 just cold-ass little burritos, some beans and some cheese and lettuce. It wasn't anything much, but when you were high coming out of a show, there was nothing better than the veggie burrito. I found someone and I gave them a hundred dollar bill and I said, give me six veggie burritos. And they said, Mr. Walton, that's entirely too much money. And I said, money is just an object. It means nothing. The memories and the music are the only things that live on. I have traversed many lands, 
both cold and warm. I have walked through the deserts. I have swam through the rivers. And I can tell you above the Dave that all of my traversing through this great land, that those memories will stick with me, but not without the music of the, the grateful, grateful dead. dead. Yes, you got you. yes I, I feel that, man. I like your enthusiasm. Me and Jerry Garcia, we one time, after a show, we had a competition. Who could eat the most veggie burritos? No fucking way. You versus Jerry? He was adamant that he could eat more veggie burritos than me. After a show. And what happened? And even though it was a slow start, I eventually had a comeback and won it in the fourth quarter, throwing back 26 veggie burritos, big man. And Jerry could only eat 13. He talked a big game. Damn, did you guys put money on that? Like I said above the Dave, money is just an object. It's not what matters. I would never put money down on any competition, a friendly competition between two men, one who's just a humble servant, a man who's lived his life just trying to find happiness, and the other is the wonderful, incomparable Jerry Garcia, the greatest guitar player of all time. I said humbly to Jerry, Jerry, I am going to the desert to experience true connectivity to the world below. The skies above, I will be gone, not on Grateful Dead tour. But yet when I return to see the Grateful Dead at another show, if you could please play Mr. Charlie, I would love to hear it. And of course, the next show that I was at, the very next year, Jerry played Mr. Charlie. And it was a wonderful experience. One that I held tight and close to me, like so many experiences that I have had being a fan of the Grateful Dead. Wow, unbelievable. Oh my goodness. Well, Bill, it has been such a treat having you on here. Thank you so much for sharing those wonderful stories. Please come back on the podcast. We'd love to have you. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Above the Dave. Thank you, fans. And keep listening to the music. The music never stops. All right, Bill Walton, everybody. Next, we have a man who needs no introduction. He is the lead songwriter, lead guitar player for Twiddle, and he does his own thing under his own name. And that man is Mahali. Mahali, what's up, my man? Doing all right, dude, doing all right. Cool, cool. Man, last time you were on here, you played us a bunch of new songs that are songs that you wrote for major pharmaceutical companies and that was last season yeah that's right made a fucking ton of money yeah i bet yeah you're making that big pharma money now not that twiddle money money's good right you're 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 making some good cash now as mahali yeah it's going good it's going good man money's good i actually been doing more work with them they really like my stuff so i've been actually doing more pharmaceutical music right now kind of been my like my, my artistic thing right now oh cool yeah yeah that's we know you were coming on the podcast you had a couple of new tracks that you wanted to drop so these, you'll be debuting these today on the podcast but then for listeners these will also eventually be dropping as the background music on commercials coming to a tv set near you yeah that's right it's going to be a couple of them coming right out here this fall so you should see those on your uh 
TV, you know, network. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And just a ton of money on these. Dude, that's honestly, that's sick. You know, get that money, bro. I could just coast off this Lipitor money. The Lipitor? Oh, yeah, that. The, actually, my first track and one plays from Lipitor. Oh, Lipitor. Yeah, that's, uh, I've heard of that before. That's that's like a pretty major prescription medicine right there. That's one of the big ones. It's one of the biggest ones in the world, yeah. Holy shit, dude. That's that's huge. So they're going to be playing a Mahali original or their new commercial dropping, huh? Yeah. All right, dude, let's yeah, let's play that. Lipitor, dude. Let's, let's play the new track from Mahali. It's called Lipitor. Lipitor, that's right. Your doctor or pharmacist says you may do so safely. A grapefruit can increase the chance of side effects with this medicine. Ask your doctor or pharmacist for more details when taking Lipitor. Lipitor, Lipitor, Lipitor may lower back cholesterol. Be sure to tell your doctor and pharmacist about all the products you use, including prescription drugs, non-prescription drugs, and herbal products. Dude, that was fire, man. Are you serious? Am I serious? Yeah, yeah, of course I'm serious, dude. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, dude, I said I am. I'm, I'm serious. This is some of the sickest prescription medicine commercial music I've heard. And maybe ever. So kudos to that, dude. Thank you. Have you done any other commercials? Yeah, I actually did one. I got one more coming out this uh, by the end of this year. And this one's going to be fire too. Huge company. Huge pill. Oh, yeah. What other pill commercial would you drop in? You ever hear of Glumetza? Glumetza. I know. I'm not, yeah, I don't know a lot about that shit. Oh, it's, it's fucking huge. It treats type 2 diabetes. So, oh, my God. That's fucking, that's got to be a huge pill. Oh, yeah, it's like the biggest one. Oh, my God. All right, so you got a new track for Glumetza, right? Glumetza? Glumetza, yeah. All right, let's play uh, Let's play Glumetza. New track from Mahali. Control, control and adults, adults to, 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 to tie to a diabetes. 
Get a emergency Medical help if you have Signs of allergic reaction Eyes, difficult breathing Swelling of your face Lips, tongue or throat Throat people using Gometsa Develop lactis Which can be fetal Get emergency medical help If you have symptoms Unusual muscle Awesome. Thanks, man. Cool. Awesome. Dude. Yeah. Totally would bump that. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I love this new direction for you. This is really great stuff. Nothing against Twiddle. You guys, you guys were awesome too. And but this is money in the bank, dog. Man, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Bub the Dave. No problem, man. Anything else going on with you? Yeah, nah. No. It's pretty much it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, Mahali, thanks for coming on to the podcast. And yeah, anytime you got any music to drop, hit us up first, dude. We love debuting this shit. I definitely will, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Mahali. And all right, my bras and bramitas. Our final guests today are two guys who created an amazing band in the 80s and are still out rocking today. And I saw them recently, and we're going to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Dean Ween and Gene Ween of Ween. What's going on, Dan? What's up, Dean? How much, dude? Just been fishing. Cool, nice. Gene, what's up? And I am also happy to see you above the dave. Pleasure, Gene. Pleasure as always. Sit on down, boys. I gotta say, just did that tour this year, and man, fucking fantastic. I got to see the tour opener at the Greek in LA. You really crushed it. Knocked knocked the roof off the place. But above the day, there is no roof on the Greek. <laughs> yeah, it's outside, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad that was a bad term to use for that. But it was sick, dude. I like that there was like a lot of love songs that you guys have, and then you would just steer into like eight minutes of like a super brown jam from like a song from the pod. You covered all the bases at the Greek show, I felt like. Like you really did. You really got, you, you touched on so many of the different ween vibes in one night. And uh, I took my fiance, she's never seen ween. And she doesn't know ween, dude? Nah, she, she wasn't familiar with any of your music. And. After she saw an incredible Ween show, I'm sure now she's a huge fan. He wants to get dirty and brown with Ween in Chocolate Town. No, she said she thought that it was cool that I enjoyed it so much, but it wasn't really her thing. Yes, but I, hmm. Well, we're not for everybody. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for fucking sure. We're not for fucking pussies. 
What if we're fucking idiots? Don't get all defensive. Yeah, dude. It's okay. Yeah, she's not just it's not really into that kind of music. I've taken her a bunch of shows. She's not just really into that stuff. But she she still thought it was a cool thing to experience. Yeah, I guess. You know, that next night, man, I looked at the set list for the next night you guys did after the Greek, and that set list was so sick. I was like, damn, I should have just gone on Ween Tour. You really should have, dude. You fucked up. You fucking rocked at this tour. Yeah, first one in a while for you guys. A couple, You had a couple years off, maybe? We haven't done a proper tour in a few years. So it's time we dusted off the guitars and, and rocked your minds. And that you guys did, yeah. You show that you still got it. And that's just great. At this point, I just like seeing you guys all on stage, having fun. You guys are so tight at this point that it's it's just so great to see where you just did a muddy brown jam for like five minutes. I know that that was probably my fiance's least favorite part of the show, but I, f I was just filming all of it because I was just like, <gasps> this is quintessential brown. The quintessential brown, indeed. We really took it there that night. Hey, dude, if we just kept going into it, I love it, dude. I mean, you guys aren't like a jam band, really, but you guys just you guys just happen to jam sometimes. Yeah, we're not a jam band. Jam bands are pussies. Yes, we are definitely not a jam band, but we are a band who jams when we want, how we want. If we want above the Dave. Yeah, we do whatever we feel like. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's no need to put a label on it. You know, how do you do that with Ween anyway? It's like, you guys play so many different types of music. It, you know, and, and some of it you jam, which is cool. And you did a little bit of that. You played just a lot of the a lot of the hits, man. A lot of, you guys have such range. Really, it was a treat seeing you perform live. I hope there's many more I can see of you guys. The tour did make me quite tired. And I think I'm just going to relax for a little bit. And then maybe next year, we'll go on tour again. Oh, that would be great. So after you do like a, a tour like that and you get out there and you hit the road, what do you what do you do when it's all said and done? Do you when you come back home? What's what's the plan usually? Usually I'll make my whole family a pasta sauce. Oh yeah, you're like a you're like you're like a chef or something? <laughs> no, I just know how to cook food. I'm Italian man, so you know, we just really uh, I got I got Italian recipes that have just been passed on to me from generations. Generations, damn. So you, yeah, you're like you do some authentic Italian cooking, huh? Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of different recipes. I've even posted a few for people because like, people keep asking me for my recipes. Oh, uh, so, I've seen that. Yeah, the internet has uh, one that they keep circulating that people have made and they rave about. It's the uh, the Sunday sauce. The Sunday sauce. It's Dean Ween's. Sunday sauce. That's what people talk about a lot. Yeah, that's right, dude. It's a commitment, dude, but if you do it right, it's the best fucking sauce you'll ever have in your life, man. It really is the most delectable, enjoyable pasta sauce I have ever had. And I've had many over the years. Damn, that's high praise coming from Giner. Yeah, I've seen it posted online and people were really raving about it. I should... I'm just the worst cook, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's probably not... Meant for me. I, I I just throw some sauce in a pan and... Oh, dude, don't even fucking get me started with that shit, dude. No, we do everything by hand. The sauce takes four hours to make, dude. Four hours? Oh, God, no. Yeah, I don't do anything like that. I can't handle that. But uh, for the people listening who are big into cooking, you know, Dean Ween is uh, a, a great cook. He's got some recipes out there. He has made some really a wonderful Italian food that people freak out about. And so 
if you look it up, you'll see, probably uh, read up on that. We've also made a song. A song called Sunday Sauce. Oh, really? I don't think I, what, what album is that on? It's not on any album, but we brought it as a special surprise. You brought a sp- unreleased ween song onto this podcast? Yeah, dude. It's called Sunday Sauce, dude. Oh my god. It's a song about your pasta sauce? Would you like to hear it? Or shall we put it back into the car? No, 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 yeah, yeah. Let's play it for all the listeners. Let's get it in there. Let's cue it up. And all right. So this is an unreleased ween song, and it's called... Sunday Sauce, dude. Sunday Sauce. All right. All right, let's play it. Sunday. It's time for that Sunday sauce. How does it go? This recipe is designed for seven people, so adjust accordingly. Freeze the sauce and meatballs. You don't eat for another day. You'll need four pounds of ground beef. If you're lucky enough to have a butcher In your hometown, have them grinding from cutlets If not, then buy it in the plastic packs You'll need some pork chops with the bone in And two pounds of penne ricotta One giant yellow onion, one head of garlic, one one fresh batch of parsley. Now grab an egg and one long ring of hot Italian sausage and four slices of bread. Now grab some milk and some pecorino romano cheese. Don't skip on this one. Buy the best cheese you can. Get in and either grate or spend extra for the good shit. Already grated. Now get some extra virgin olive oil Some dry white wine I use Holland House cooking wine Available anywhere Three big cans 29 ounces of tomato sauce Depending on what texture you like Four bottles of wine A loaf of fresh Italian bread some butter too. Put all your groceries on the counter. Cause it's Sunday sauce time. Oh yeah. It's Sunday sauce time. You do. It's Sunday sauce time. It's Sunday. Oh, it's Sunday sauce time. Sunday sauce. It's Sunday sauce time. Go back. Some Sunday sauce. It's Sunday sauce time. Sunday sauce. Because it's Sunday. Time is a bitch. It's really true. You can't make this meal in less than four hours. If you do it, then not you will learn how to force it in three hours. Try and tell 
And this one, I love this one. It had old school feels. It's a very old song. It was like archival release right here. Yeah, dude. It's an old one. I've been making this recipe forever, dude. That's a nice, that's a nice feel-good ween jam right there. One time, after eating the Sunday sauce, I thought to myself, we should make a song about the Sunday sauce. And it would be glorious. And majestic and groovy. That it was. Yeah, that was uh, that was really great. Thank you, Ween, for, for coming on to the podcast today and, and dropping that unreleased track of yours. No problem, dude. And I hope that we see you guys on the road really soon. You really rocked it on those shows this year. You guys were just from one show to the next, really switching up the set list. So if you haven't heard Ween 2023, check it out. They really rocked it. And for the people who are lucky enough to see them, I mean, dude, the, the crowd was hyped for the Greek show. I don't know if you noticed, but it was a hyped up crowd. And the Greek's hard to have hyped up, honestly. It's the kind of place where people want to just sit down the whole show. And, and a lot of shows I've been to there, like, it's pretty tame. But you guys really got everybody all amped up. The crowd was feeling it. There was, I mean, all types of people there. So many young people loving Ween, man. It's so cool to see that. You guys are really, uh, that people, that kids are, young kids are picking up ween still to this day is, that was, that was, that was one of the dopest parts of the whole experience. And it was for us as well. Yeah, dude, it's cool seeing the kids like him, like a real fucking rock and roll, man. Indeed. It's, it's, it's always cool seeing that. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming on to the podcast. Always a pleasure to have you. All right, dude, catch you later. Fairly well above the days. All right, everybody, Gene Ween and Dean Ween. All right, that is going to be today's episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. I want to thank all of my guests. We have Bill Walton, of course, and Mahali for coming by and dropping some tracks. And lastly, Dean Ween and Gene Ween for coming on, chatting with me, and playing us an unreleased Ween song. I'm just truly blessed to do what I do. So next week, we're going to talk about the dark side of doing drugs. Yeah, let's talk about some of the dark shit. The real tough stuff that may happen when you are doing drugs. And there's only one guy that I want to have that conversation with. And of course, that's going to be Seth, the sober guy. That's right. The two of us are going to talk about some of our darkest times, some of our lowest moments when it came to doing drugs. Following that, we're going to have our new segment, 
What if the Grateful Dead were a metal band? Plus, we get a special surprise that goes down from one of our staff members that you do not want to miss. And finally, we have Mo. That's right, Mo is back in the building, and these guys are ready to party. So thank you for listening to this week's episode. As always, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate your support. If you know anyone who may be interested in listening to this total mayhem, then please pass on the podcast. Send those looks my way. But I do hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and week, and I will see you again next week on another episode of The Lot. 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 Lot.